Hello, this is Michael Novenson with Information Security Media Group. I'm joined today by Dan Chiappa. He is the Chief Product Officer at Arctic Wolf. Good afternoon, Dan. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Th uh, thanks for making the time. Happy to do it. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit. Uh, I know there's been a lot of debate over the past week whether or not the United States has entered into a recession following two quarters of declining GDP. And I was curious uh, to hear from you specifically uh, about the security and cloud spending trends you see uh, as we're approaching recession. What, what are some key things folks need to know about security and cloud spending in recession times? Yeah, so I think uh, like any IT transformation, one of the benefits of moving to the cloud is cost savings. And so it, there is an opportunity for companies to take some of the traditional IT investments and, and move those applications and, and workloads to the cloud and actually save money. And so I, I, can, I, I think we'll continue to see some pretty substantial growth into the cloud. I think where it gets a little tight now is when people don't anticipate some of the costs. So for example, it is a new uh, IT medium and security is a little bit different than it was when it was on premise. Um, there's going to be different tooling, different skill sets, different things of that nature. But yet the security of it's no less. In fact, it may be more important than it was when it was on premise, because on premise, you had some of the more traditional kind of firewalls and isolation and things you can do uh, to protect it. We're in the cloud now. It is it is, you know, uh, public facing in many regards. So the security there is going to be really, really important. And so companies really need to think about that as an element of their transition to the cloud. But I, I still see this. Is a very strong cloud movement. Uh, I, I think that'll continue whether we're in a recession, not in a recession, whatever it is. I think there's certainly an economic impact to our current market, whether it's technically a recession or not. We're seeing uh, lots of reasons why people are getting very cost conscious, but I see cloud is actually one of the ways for them to, uh, to save money in their IT spend. So specifically when it comes to security, what, what are the costs? Uh, what are some of the costs ramifications people need to think about as they're moving applications, data, workloads, et cetera, into the cloud. Yeah. So there's a, there's a variety of different things. There's the, the kind of the shift left DevSecOps approach where I want to start to build the security into my applications. So it's not simply a kind of a lift and shift model where I take my existing applications and move them to the cloud. I really do need to think about how I can re-architect that application, one, to better leverage cloud infrastructure, but two, to build that security into the application itself. Uh, the second piece is to be able to integrate with whatever platform you're using, some of the security tools they use for visibility uh, into what's going on in your environment, and then be able to take those signals and be able to process them in a way where your security operations team can actually you know, monitor and, and react to potential threats they see in the cloud. And I think in many respects, two organizations are going to run into the challenge where they don't have that skill set in-house, they're going to need to turn to organizations to help provide that security expertise to now monitor their workloads in the cloud. So from a security perspective, do folks, do organizations typically find it more expensive, lesser expensive, or uh, roughly the same to secure the cloud and why? Well, I think there's different levels of investment. So for example, you're not going to be investing a lot of security hardware and things of that nature that you may have uh, in the past when you're setting up perimeter defense. So it's just a it's a different uh, different investment. It's it's definitely more software API driven. The skill sets of building that security is going to be different than it was in traditional IT. Uh, the the security practitioners who need to operate the SOC um, those are those are going to be the similar skills. They're now just taking sensory information from 
from cloud environments as opposed to you know other you know more traditional environments. Um, but but nonetheless, it, it's really just a shift in skill set more than a shift in budget, and it really depends on what you're doing and how you're implementing it. If it's going to be cost more or less, but I can promise you, it's going to be a different skill set. Uh, so, what are some things organizations need to do then to uh, get the proper skills they need to secure the cloud? Yeah, I think they just need to be very planful. So as you're making that transition to the cloud, think about everything that that goes along with that. So um, companies have now been building up the security infrastructure and their traditional IT for for decades, and you know jumping to the cloud again is it's a, just a different security model. So just being very thoughtful about what that model is, what skill set you need, what investments you need, what tools you need, what integrations you have to do. There's just a lot of different stuff. It's much more developer focused than you know traditional IT focused by doing things in the cloud. So again, making sure you have the right staffing and skills. And if you don't have the right staffing and skills, there's organizations, frankly, like Arctic Wolf, who can help you um, provide that security capability uh, if, if it's not something that you have the means to do yourself. So I do want to ask you as we uh, as we head into an economic downturn, whether it's technically a recession or not, what are some of the other changes you're seeing around customer buying behavior, changes you're anticipating to see around customer buying buying behavior, particularly as it relates to security? Yeah, I think you know, in a, in a, where, where budgets are flush, you know, people are willing to experiment with a lot of different technologies. They may look at multiple vendors to solve uh, a similar problem, play around with things a little bit. I think we'll start to see that. Um, go away a little bit. I, I think you'll start to see more kind of vendor consolidation. And I think that started a little bit with the supply chain security issues as well. But now when you have kind of constricting budgets, you know, you can generally get more uh, for less if you're focusing on, you know, fewer vendors in, in a broader portfolio. So I think we'll continue to see that. I think we'll see the kind of this, a lot of the security leaders uh, with the broad portfolios do very, very well because they'll suit that role. I think we may see some challenges for some of the kind of the, the new niche players uh, who are just getting off the ground. I think they may have a little bit more hard time than they would have a few years ago. Uh, I think the good news in the security industry is good tech is good tech. People are always looking for that next, you know, next gen tech. So I think, you know, there'll still be a great, you know, bustling security market. I think we'll be one of the few industries that will continue to just ram ahead. But I do think buyers are going to be a little more, you know, reserved, a little more thoughtful and 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 really kind of look to to reduce the number of vendors they have and get the most they can out of their budget. I want to hear a little bit about at Article specifically. Obviously, your heritage was in managed detection response. Now you have a broader security operations platform. What what's been your what's been the fastest growing area of your business this year and why? Yeah, so I think if you uh, you know I think our our MDR business continues to grow extremely fast, but uh, but overall all of our businesses are growing really fast. And so I think what we're seeing now is you know what we offer we like to call the security operations cloud. It's it's really a tech approach to providing you. Uh, a, a full security operations, leveraging what tools you have, but in the areas you don't have tools, providing tools that we have. And so it, it's basically, we can walk into a customer and make them happy regardless of what they have. And then we are that security expertise uh, on top of that, whether it's driven by human intelligence or artificial intelligence, we have the tech and the humans through our security services to really kind of provide those very sophisticated investigations you would get out of a very high-tech MDR solution. And so the way the way we look at it is we're we're one of those vendors that I think you can rely on to provide you a broad range of capabilities, including all the way up to you know the SOC uh, aspect of it. And I think that's going to be really important because building out a SOC 
is really expensive. But, you know, it's expensive from a from a tools perspective, from a hardware perspective, and from a skills perspective. And so for what, you know, the cost of a handful of security practitioners would cost, we can do that soup to nuts for an organization. So uh, it's a pretty strong value proposition. But yeah, I think all of our businesses are really going gangbusters right now. But the the kind of the biggest portion of our business is the MDR business. In terms of security awareness training, I know that was introduced last year. Uh, how is uptick and adoption compared to expectations? And what are you seeing in terms of uh, customer use of that uh, that's maybe a little bit different or a little bit surprising? Yeah, it's the uptake's been fantastic. And I think part of it is because we have a, a unique approach to it. It is a managed service platform. So it's almost like a broadcast television network where we're broadcasting information out. Companies can basically sign up for that program. There's some customizations they can do and their their administrators can can tweak and optimize it. But it's it's just a it's a, such an easy thing for companies to to ingest. The content is really outstanding. It's short form. So, you know, your employees aren't going through, you know, 30 minute training sessions. It's, you know, five, five minutes ish, uh, very entertaining, but yet very educational. We have the ability to quiz your employees at the end. So the uptake has been outstanding. We've, we've expanded into multiple languages. We'll continue to do that. And we're going to really look at that managed awareness training platform as really just a security content platform. So you can see us expanding into more things than just, enter, you know, uh, educating the end user. What do you see as some potential greenfields there? So you could think about potentially educating IT administrators, you know, edu educating people, you know, executives who have, uh, you know, security uh, functions or, or things of that nature. So we can get into more helping companies as well as their their individual employees. Well, what are the biggest similarities and differences about trying to educate uh, executives, administrators, boards potentially versus kind of a, tip, a standard user? Yeah, I think one of the challenges that the industry runs into is we'll say things like, oh, you know, you sh everyone should have two-factor auth. Well, you know, we take it for granted because we're in the technology industry that that's pretty easy to do. But for a lot of companies, it's not super easy to do. So how do you help them kind of build the right security hygiene and understand what a good security hygiene is to start from? Um, and obviously, one of the good security hygienes is training your employees to to, to you know, have good security practices, but the others to just training you know, your IT staff and training some of the executives who have that understanding of, of what it means when we say deploy, you know, uh, you know, cloud, you know, shift left DevSecOps, you know, initiatives like, okay, what does that mean? How does that impact me? I'm not sure how to do that. So there's really a whole education around the industry that can take place above and beyond just the end user. Finally here, I, w I did want to ask you with, uh, I know next week Black Hat USA is coming up in Las Vegas. What's the, what are some of the biggest cybersecurity trends you're watching for at this year's show? Yeah, so I think on the, you know, the adversarial side, I think if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know, I think a lot of the things that have been very successful over the years will continue to be. I think we'll continue to see more and more sophisticated based ransomware attacks, uh, organizations enabling others with with sophisticated tools and exploits to, to be carried on. I think we are seeing a little bit of a different volume in that with the, with the conflict in Ukraine. Um, a lot of, uh, as you can imagine, a lot of those hacking uh, groups came out of that region. So there, a lot of them are, are I'm speculating or focused on some more nation state activities. But, you know, that being said, there's still, you know, big campaigns out there. People still have to keep their guard up. And we'll, we're just going to see more and more of that sophistication come into play, more you know, critical targets for much higher ransoms. We'll continue to see that happen. Uh, on the 
the defensive side, I think we're going to start to see these vendors build out platforms that have much more broad capabilities that can uh, provide a, a broad range of, of, of products and services to organizations as that kind of big single vendor. I do see um, there's still lots and lots of, of investment going on in the industry. So still lots of startups you see spinning up all over the place. And so that's going to be interesting. And then I think, you know, one of the continuing trends is going to be just still the talent shortage. Right. I still think, you know, even if the, the the market constricts, which it's not going to, but even if it did, we're still, you know, millions of, of open headcount, uh, you know, without roles to fill. So kind of, you know, getting that, how do I, if I'm a company, how do I pick a vendor that's going to help me solve that problem? In terms of, uh, from, from a cyber offensive standpoint, I know you'd mentioned the uh, volume and the size of ransomware attacks increasing. I was curious how that plus the, uh, ongoing Russia-Ukraine war. How, what's the impact of both of those dynamics for cyber defenders? Yeah, I mean, I think for for years and years, there's always been speculation that a lot of the the, the you know ransomware groups were also kind of founded or spun out or part time with with uh, you know hacking armies uh, within nation states. And I think that you know starting to show itself a little bit. I think we do see the kind of overall volume of attacks coming down a little bit. Um, without that that focus, you know, we know in particular the Conti ransomware group was kind of a mix up of both Russian and Ukrainian hackers, and that kind of obviously a group had some challenges uh, going forward with that. So we'll see see a lot of that stuff. I think what we'll we'll also start to see more on that level of sophistication is more and more use of AI offensively. And so that's, you know, we're, we're kind of in an AI arms race uh, in cyber. Now it used to be, you know, years and years ago, it was the signature race. And now we're, we're fully into the science fiction of AI uh, race with the defensive and offensive capabilities. So I think we'll continue to see that. Um, and that will also be something that I would speculate will come from, you know, kind of spun out of nation state skills. Tim, thank you so much for the insights. This has been wonderful. Uh, happy to do it. We've been speaking with Dan Schiappa. He is the Chief Product Officer at Arctic Wolf. For ISMG, this is Michael Novenson.